is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another very special edition of the Burnout Brighter Podcast. My name is Matt. I'll be your host for this evening's events. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderfully lovely co-host, Destiny. Hey, hey, hey. And on this week's podcast, episode 116, we are joined by voice actor extraordinaire, the better half of fun and games who if you remember stormageddon we had him on a few weeks ago but joining us today is jeff thank you so much for being here my friend oh matt thank you so much for having me destiny it's so good to be on here thank you for saying uh those kind things i definitely feel like uh, mr storm is if (laughs) if nothing else the more visibly industrious better half of uh (laughs) of just podcasting in general i am one of many lucky dozens that uh are on a regular podcast with matt yeah, that that man just does not stop. We we talked we had to talk that length with him, but it just I, I it baffles me how he has so much time to make so many quality products and how he finds so many awesome people to do it with him. And he does it so enthusiastically, it's incredible. But but enough about him. Enough about Mr. Stormageddon. <laughs> if somebody doesn't know you, Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you mentioned, Matt, I am a voice actor. I'm also a I guess, regular actor. I've actually gotten asked that. I told someone I was a voice actor. I went, how's that different from being like, I don't remember if they said regular actor or real actor. Either way, it was, a f- <laughs> that was the least, that wasn't the most awkward part of that conversation, but I am, <laughs> but uh, in doing so and being that kind of an actor in New York city, I have, uh, I'm a nightlife performer. I am a musician, a, uh, audio engineer, composer, podcaster. I just make a lot of noise and have a lot of fun doing it. We were just saying how busy Stormageddon is, and you come in with that as if you're not as busy. Wow. I mean, it doesn't look as uh, visibly busy because I don't have as much output as he does, and most of it is just fretting. Really, anyone who's been involved in the creative process, it is 98% fretting. (laughs) We're going to do this. We're going to try that. We're going to see how things shake out. Tell us a little bit about fun and games from your perspective, because we we heard a lot about it from Storm again, but I'd like to hear a, bit, a little bit about it from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fun and games is very much our celebration of gaming as a medium. I don't remember the full details of uh, how Mr. Storm put it down uh, on this podcast, but yeah, it started from the fact that both of us love talking about video games. We love talking in general. We love video games in particular. And the fact that for a long time, video game culture and video game uh, criticisms and journalism and everything else outside of more official publications is built on blasting things. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's been a long time since we've lived in the mode of the angry video game nerd, but the idea and onus of it still kind of lingers over people's perception of gaming and gaming culture, as well as the most of what you hear about big news about gaming, especially about the gamers themselves, usually isn't great news. <laughs> so, you know, you'll hear about charity events and things. I love games mm-hmm. done quick, but, you know, it's that whole uh, vocal minority thing as far as hobbies go. And so we wanted a place to speak positively about games, to enjoy where gaming has come, where it goes, the fact that I am such a huge nerd for like meta things and the idea of medium and how mediums tell stories. And there's so many different mediums and so many different ways to tell even the same story. And so video games as a medium have, it's a little up in the air as to how people see it. Is it an interactive movie? Is it just like reading a book Are walking Mm -hmm. simulators, games or stories or whatever else. And I enjoy having that space to discuss, well, where, 
what spot, what areas do video games excel in telling those stories and giving those experiences in connecting with ourselves and what landmarks exist, what short shorthand, you know, what are the Wilhelm screams of video <laughs> games that, you know, you see a Tetramino in a game, you know, it's Tetris and you know what that is and what that means. We don't get into that in all these episodes, but these are the sort of ideas and thoughts that Matt and I were having when we decided we wanted to have a video game podcast and one that wasn't necessarily a news podcast, mm -hmm. but one that celebrated gaming as as a medium, as a culture, as just something to love. And I love that you you bring that up because I feel like gaming is still very much in its infancy. Like what we're seeing now and what mm -hmm. we're seeing this as the space as it is, is going to be vastly different than as it is 20 years from now. I mean, if you just look at the kind of, you know, leaps and bounds that we've taken over the last little while, even the last 20 years to where online gaming is now so prevalent, to find these different ways to share these stories and to talk about gaming in such an interactive way is something that I really love about the way that, you know, you and Matt do your podcast is because it, is, it does feel like a celebration. It is, you don't shy away from, the crappy parts or from the parts that, you know, aren't as always that awesome, but you guys right. really d dive into the good stuff in a way that makes me feel happy to play video games. If that makes sense. It, it does. And I'm, that makes me very happy to hear that. That's really what we're trying to do. It's, we feel like it's very easy to find doom and gloom in gaming and find doom and gloom in most things. It's mm -hmm. easy to have negative opinions. It's easy to, to kvetch and bellyache about things and to find very justifiable things to do so about but to choose compassion to choose joy to choose kindness seems simple but it it isn't it seems easy but it isn't but it is and it is always a choice <laughs> and thus our little hour or so every other week is choosing joy love and compassion for for video games oh i love that I like I love make that. sure you guys yeah mm. Make sure you guys go check we out. We do also swear games. during that hour. So this, this <gasps> curses. I curses, feel like yes. cursing just spices things, just makes things spicy. I like it's it. emphasis. I fucking I, love I, it. I fucking love it. So I also, good. I also have spent like 10 years or so with most of my survival jobs as an actor being working with kids. So I have such a strong, like industrial size switch for <laughs> curse. Don't curse. Yeah. Same. We used to work with kids, so. Oh, nice. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, we worked in South Korea teaching for a little while, so sometimes it's just kind of like you mother. My brother, did, my brother did that a number of years ago. He he uh, taught for a year in Korea. Oh yeah. Oh, no way. Small world. Yeah. So many people are doing that. It's awesome. Hey, it was it was great. It was he was able to pay off the rest of his student debt by saving up while he was out there. It was a a great experience for him. I would have gone insane in not fun ways, <laughs> not even fun ways. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a lot. And, uh, but uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm the same way as you, Destiny. It's, it's so stupid, but like, as soon as I hear, start hearing swearing, I'm like, I like this thing more. I have no good reason for it, but like, just, just a good, something you, know, you can good... relate to. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Just a good fuck once in a while. You know what I mean? Just thrown out there. And Everybody just deserves a good fuck, Matt. Everybody. <laughs> Here, here. Everyone deserves the good fucks that they want. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. What an awesome way to transition to talking about games that matter. Uh, as we, every time we have a new guest on the show, we always like to talk to them about a game that matters to them. A game that has gotten them through a tough time or a game that they think deserves to be celebrated for one way, shape, or the other. So, Jeff, can I ask you about a game that matters to you? Yeah, absolutely. 
I would say that probably one that's gotten me through a tough time, and it was a recent tough time because it's you know still 2021 right now, is Persona 5 Royal. Now, pers- the Persona series, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool, as far back as I can remember, JRPG fan. The, the grind is real. The grind is in me. Yes. And the Persona series was one that I knew I was going to love the second I started playing it. But I was, it's it's such a long game. Any one of them is hundred, well over 100 hours if you're even halfway playing it. So it's like, I don't know what to do. And <laughs> towards the end of 2019, I got, I downloaded PlayStation, no, I downloaded Persona 3 Portable on my PS Vita. And I, 140 hours later, beat that. And yes my man my friend my vita friend i love you oh believe me i i I even got destiny to buy end up buying a vita and stuff i'm right with you there's like 12 of us out there who believe in it Um, there are dozens of us there are at least 10 my vita is somewhere over on my shelf over there it's fine it's (laughs) fine you know i actually had thought i'd lost my vita for about three months this year I when I could detect when I last knew where it was. I was on a trip. I went up to visit you know, uh, that same brother I mentioned. It's the only one I have. Went up to visit him <laughs> and some family up there. On the way back, I couldn't find the Vita, and I didn't realize this till like a week or so later. And I had to be like, "Look, I'm not accusing anybody of taking it. I genuinely think it fell out of a pocket, and someone doesn't know what the hell this thing is and just thinks it's a weird <laughs> cell phone. I'm just identifying it. No one had found it, and it turns out that it was." Inside my duffel bag, I have the uh, Prince of All Cosmos Katamari Damashi duffel bag. Nice. And that thing has an inner lining pocket. And I took it on a different trip. Uh, my acapella group was performing at a convention. I'm just giving you a whole bunch of things. <laughs> so many friends with this story, I'm aware. And I was unpacking that and thoroughly unpacking it. So I was opening every zipper. There it was. Oh, I, had, I th- Yeah, I think from like May till August, I was starting to ask around uh, like every local video game store I could to try to buy a Vita because if you haven't looked at the prices these days, it's like $200 to get one. And I was just like, I have a PSTV. That was how I got back into PlayStation, but mm-hmm. it's not the same. So no. find, finding it was such a thing. And I, and I definitely got it for persona four golden, which I have not played yet, but I played through three. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It's so wonderful. I'm going to do a FMC run at some point. Yes. And persona five was the one that I knew I could convince my wife to play with me. She is also a hugely avid gamer and she has only in the recent years gotten into JRPGs, but it's very curated stuff. And so it was the right game at the right time. It was something that uh, my wife had left her previous job and was looking for a new job and was like lining stuff up and, you know, had a nice severance plan. So we had like about a hundred days there where we could just play video games completely unbridled un, un, untethered and so 169 hours later we played nice. through all yeah thank you all three semesters of persona 5 royal and in addition to just being a wonderful game a fun game it was so great getting to engage in all kinds of shipping and headcanon between my uh, like for me and my wife we're not <laughs> big on headcanon and shipping um my wife is a big fan of whenever like homoeroticism in rivals gets to be too much she just like puts her fingers up towards the screen and just goes eh, yep. kiss <laughs> kiss come on come on kiss a yeah. catchy and but it was so fun to get to do that and definitely 
with everything that has just been going on the last year and a half, entering into the third semester where it's just, are you suffering? We're just going to create a nice reality for you where we take away everything that was wrong in your life. You don't get a choice in the matter, but aren't you so much happier now? Right. There were so many moments where just, this is, you know what? This is a safe place to feel these feelings right now. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just nice to get to throw a bunch of time in there to get to game with my best friend, with my wife and to kind of have those just weird sort of society is a little messed up, isn't it? Aren't aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you want to steal some hearts and go ape shit? Right. So that's it's just that punk attitude that comes with Persona. That's like sometimes you just got to do shit and see what and, happens. And no matter how old I get, I will always be a little bit of an angry punk. Right. So it's it just, just yeah, I'm definitely just like, hey, what are you doing there, teenage rebellion? Hell yeah, stick it to the old people. <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, goddamn right. Yeah, this is this is some this is like taking me back to my scene punk days in like high school, and it's just like yeah, I'm mad at everything. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you got? What are you rebelling against? Exactly. Uh, oh man, I'm so happy to be here to talk about Persona. Destiny's probably sick of it because I bring it up at least once an episode. It's my favorite series of all time, and Persona Four Gold is my favorite game of all time. Um, so it's just like. <laughs> I, I love it with all my heart. I can't wait to hear you talk about Persona 4 Golden because that one is still my favorite. I think 3 has the best story, 4 has the best cast, and 5 is just the best overall. That's, um, what, I've, that's what I've heard. I was I, uh, A friend whose opinion I hold in high regard as far as games go, he was like, you want to play 4, but play 3 first because you can't go back. Yeah. Well, I actually did go back and still like fell in love with it, but it was oh, like, dang. I finished 4 Golden and I was like, I need more. What What? What else do I have? What else can I do? And I bought P3P right away and, and, and spent way too much time on that. Um, so I, I'm glad that Persona was there for you. Like, I, I can very much relate to the just the, it being there. Uh, I tried yeah. to get Destiny into it. And to be fair, you, Destiny, how long did you end up playing? Like, what, 12 hours, 15 hours? Something like that. You put her like a good chunk of time. You told me how much time to play. And I held up my end of the bargain, but you did not hold mm-hmm. up your end of the bargain. I ended up holding up my end of the bargain just that, but that a few months ago. That doesn't count. But oh, yeah, no. I put like, I don't know. You were like, play it for at least 15 hours or something like that. Yeah. And so I did. And like at the 15th mark, I was like, all right, I'm good. That's fair. <laughs> totally fair. It's, it's not yeah. a bad game. I just got really bored with the dungeons. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. One of the, something that I run into a lot is, yeah, Games can be great. I just don't have to like them. Yeah. And and vice versa. There's tons of games that I absolutely love. And again, you're going to be hearing about my wife a lot. This is just this is just my life. And we we are avid video game collectors. We have over a thousand physical video games. This is like our thing. And I'm definitely more of the like curator of things. I'm more likely to like read all of the stuff. So she's going, all right. I'm done playing this. I I just want something like this. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm the game sommelier here. Like nice. what do, what do I want? <laughs> and it's fun seeing what's enjoyable, what's not enjoyable. Actually, just the last few days, she decided she wasn't playing Dragon Quest Eleven anymore. It's just not her kind of JRPG. It's not like it's fair antiqua- too antiquated for her. I think. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "All right, well, we have The Witcher Three for Switch." Uh, she she loves the Assassin's Creed games. She's played uh, Dragon Age, she likes open world stuff. Witcher Three just isn't her jam either. She put a couple hours into that, and when this this isn't working either. And again, critically acclaimed games, beloved mm-hmm. games. But it's just not, not for everybody. Them. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the joy. There's so many games. We can't love play them all. The Witcher Three. 
absolutely love everything about it. There you go. And I will probably get around to it. And it seems like hunting and crafting. And I am all about that. Destiny's all about the, the, especially with the ones that have a little bit more of a survival flair to them. Yeah. A little bit of survival. A lot of Gwent. Yeah. A lot of Gwent. (laughs) I love card games. I spent way too much time in Gwent. And actually because of what, well, I mean, I'll get into this when we start talking about what's new. But okay. Well, awesome, Jeff. Thank you for telling us about some games that matter to you. And I love hearing about the games that your wife cares about too, because that's awesome. Yeah. It's Thanks. one of my favorite. We things. need to do an episode where we have like a gamer couple come on because like we've been saying that for the longest time and we've not mm-hmm. done it. But invitation is what? open. Mm-hmm. I, I will see if I can get her onto another uh, podcast episode. <laughs> it, it took a hundred episodes to get her onto fun and games. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're at, at like one sixteen. So, so. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're kind of around the same number here. Like I just finished editing one fifteen. So. <laughs> So we, we can swing that. We'll, we'll get, get this. That. Yeah, exactly. By 215, she'll be here. Yeah. Uh, let's hop into some what's new. D, let's start with you. What's been going on? What have you been up to? I know people are dying to hear more about your Arcane update. If you've watched any more, where are you at with the sandwiches? Oh, my God. People are dying to hear about my update. I'm dying to hear about it. So that, that's at least one. So we did watch an episode yesterday after shopping. Um, spoiler alerts. Um. So we finally met Jace, and I knew that's exactly mm-hmm. who you and Evan were talking about. Like, did she meet him yet? No, man, she's not yeah. even in that part yet. So we finally yeah. met Jace, and he's cute. He's likable. But, like, um, I still don't care a lot about the characters themselves. So in the second episode, mm-hmm. what's her? What's the girl's name with the pink hair? See, I don't even know her name. Uh, Vi. Vi. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of, like, I guess, like, gives herself up. That's, like, the cliffhanger. Um, and that's where we stopped it. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. uh, she was wrapping presents and I was like, do you want to watch the next episode? No, I was like, ah, oh, I don't really want to watch the next episode. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I was hoping you'd say that. So we ended up watching the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> the Grinch no, that's a solid pivot though. Yeah. So which one, which one? Though? The one with Jim Carrey. Okay. Ooh, a okay. saucy choice. But to be fair, I like the traditional 2D animated one more. Well, yeah, Likewise. but I, I mean, like Jim Carrey's is funny because I feel like I can laugh mm-hmm. at that without looking at the screen. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. So, I mean, like Arcane is still like we're, we're still going to watch it and see what happens. But as of now, like it's it's not grabbing me and I don't know why. Um, I think the was the, I think it was the third episode that I was like, I'm in like I need to like I'm waiting with bated breath for more to come out. OK, um, so maybe so I, I need think... to get to that third episode. But right now, everything's just being set up, I think, like mm-hmm. everything's getting set up and I'm kind of just like, eh. so, yeah, fair. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Other than that, what have I been doing? Well, we've been working uh, to me and you have been working on possibly doing not possibly doing we are going to do. Uh, a series that's focused on mental health for the holidays because we know during the holidays it's a really tough time for a lot of people. So we really want to give people uh, some tips and so, not from us, well, from us mm-hmm. too, but from like professionals. It's not just us showing up being like, this is what you should do. <laughs> um, from us and just like, you know, um, give them some resources. Cause I know for me, like, I've been struggling the past couple of months just with like my mental health and my anxiety and like depression and things like that. And it's not something I really like to talk about that often, but like it comes Mm -hmm. out in other ways, you know? So, um, Mm. 
it's really important, I think, that we we get that together. And that's what we've been working on. So I feel like that's what I've really been focusing my time on and just trying to like self heal. And um, I've yep. started rewatching Sex in the City. And listen, Okay, so how I feel about Sex in the City is when I was a teenager, I loved it and I understood everything Carrie was going through and Big was a piece of shit. As an adult watching it, I'm like, Carrie is so fucking toxic and she overanalyzes every <laughs> single thing and she needs to get her shit together. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm Carrie. Because every guy I talk to or I like or I date, I'm overanalyzing everything. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I am terrible. I am absolutely terrible at dating. You can ask Matt. I'm so bad at it. Oh. Um, I try and then like either I get really bored and I'm like, I'm just done. Or, like, I don't know if I'm coming or going. And I'm like, does he like me? He didn't write back. But that doesn't mean anything. Maybe he's just busy. Because you just never know. I feel like no, dating is so hard today. It's so hard. Yeah. And I hate dating apps. And so I tried to get on Bumble because they're like, oh, you know, it's like forward thinking. Women are approaching first. And then, like, I'll get on there. And for any guy who listens to this and is like, oh, I matched with Destiny. She's a bitch. She never said anything in the 24-hour span. I had so much anxiety about what to say. Like, I just don't know what to say. And I feel like everything I say is really stupid. So <laughs> can I, can I, can Jeff, can we give, can we give you some pointers, Destiny, about the perfect one, the perfect opener? Okay. Okay. Jeff, would you like to go first? Would you like to give Destiny the perfect opener? Because oh. I have a really good one lined up. I'm- oh, Jesus. This is this is on the spot. Also, you got to know, I suck at dating, too. Um, no, but you, you must have done something right. You're both married. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started dating someone I knew in high school after college. That, like... That's smart. It was smart. She was <laughs> smart. she she was moving to the city to start an internship. We realized we were never we had never been single at the same time before. We we would we Aww. decided to go see a show, have a day, see how this would go, and we figured it would either crash and burn or here we are. Aww. So yeah, I I am abysmal that's to amazing. ask about that's dating. A, that's so cute though. That's an amazing like, story. That's such yeah. a good story. We're vomit inducing. I love. It. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm just giving my credentials here. Okay. Yeah. I so love here it. you go. That's your opener. Be like, hey, I I'm moving to the city for an internship. Would you be open to it? just throw that out there right from the get go? That's not gonna work. <laughs> how, how how quick do you want to lock it down? Right. <laughs> I like okay. actual conversation I had at the intermission of the show we saw from her her asking me. Oh wow! She had several. She had other dates lined up and was like, "This is a. I can make this a priority. Like, if you say you want to do this, I'll cancel those dates." Well, how many? Okay, wait a minute. How many dates had you gone on before she said that? That was the first date. That was the first date. Look at you, baller! <laughs> I look, look again. This was someone I had at that point known for six years. We, okay. we, Like I said, we knew each other in high school. We worked in theater festivals over the summers when we were both in college. We knew all of the other one's exes because we knew each other around the time. We were the age where we started okay. dating people. Okay. Uh-huh. So th- there was a lot of that. Was ar- That air was already cleared. Okay. So, so that's fair. See, like that would be too right. soon, Matt. I can't say that like on a first date. So then you just need to go and just drop, sup, that's it. Sup, and leave it in their corner and see what they say. Mm-hmm. I do usually say something dumb like that. Just, just sup. like hi. Three letters. 
It's if you like, want to throw it 90s style, you could say "What's up" in all capitals <laughs> with like 70 Z's in the middle. You can, I also suggest that. I, I imagine there's tons of gifts of just like animals or something doing that. Like, I tried nod. once of Similar. just <laughs> sending gifts as my yeah. opener, and nobody Ooh. responded. I thought they were hilarious. That is their loss. Yeah, yeah. that's I, the other like, thing. Oh my god, I'm so funny! Look at the gift I sent. Nobody I, laughed. I guess here's the the thing I've learned and no one can share with this. Um, do what feels good for you, what feels true to you. And if people don't respond, well, that's not gonna, that, that, that wasn't the right match. I, I am someone who has tons of anxiety about everything, not even dating stuff, like just texting people, responding yeah. to messages. I, mm-hmm. I am, I, I'm a bundle of nerves. My, my, my wife was an equity stage manager who is now an executive at like a tech startup. She answers emails all the time. She helps me write my emails. This is important. <laughs> but all of this to say, the one spot where I learned not to be nervous is auditions. Because the fact of the matter is you can't control what goes through the heads of the people at the other side of the table. Right. You are bringing the best possible you or the you that you think best fits this. Because they have a need to. It's not just you going, hey, like me. It's I'm here to solve your problem. You need someone like me. and You the catch. Right. And if they don't. And the, the way that it was explained to me is like you're selling, you're selling a crayon. And you're, you're a red crayon. And you be the best goddamn red crayon you can. But they need a green one. That's not your fault. That's, you can, that is solid that's advice. That is solid green. advice. That is perfect. I will try to be more like. At less but, anxious. Whatever that, whatever that is. Less I, I, none anxious. of that's a witty opener. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect. No, answer. that's a great answer. I'm just always like so anxious, and I know the people that I'm more attracted to, I'm more anxious with. Like, there are like so many people on these apps, right? So like, sometimes I I have to stop swiping because I've matched with so many people, and that gives me anxiety. Because then it's mm. like now I have to say something to all these people, and. For those of you on Bumble, like you only have 24 hours to say something. And sometimes I can't think of anything to say within the 24 hours. So then you're just gone (laughs) and I can never speak to you again. Like it's just it's just gone. So that's what happens 80 percent of the time. I just don't know what to say. And it's like, oh, my God, we matched. And then it's like, what do I say? And I'm like, oh, I have 24 hours to respond. I can think of something. And my ADD kicks in and I realize I didn't say anything. And so. Think of a good, stupid, open-ended question to ask. And that's just, that's your question of the day for the people you match with. That's so smart. I used to ask, like, tell me your best dad joke. That used to be, like, my thing. Tell me your best dad joke. The one one random question a friend asked me once that, like, and it was out of the blue. Like, she just texted me with no context. It was like, if you were a piece of furniture, what furniture would you be? And it's just that it always stays in the back of my mind. You should ask something stupid like that and just see what happens. What piece of furniture would you be? I don't remember what I said now. Well, I'm asking now. Crap. Now I have to think about an answer. <laughs> Give me 24 hours, okay? And, uh, <laughs> I would be a tackily, loudly upholstered storage ottoman. Ooh, I love it. I love that I answer. I love that. I would be a stool. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'd be... No further explanation. A really antique, ornate, ornate looking glass. Ooh. Ooh. I I would be like, you know what? I changed my answer. I would be like a stop sign that somebody stole off the street and bought into their house and left it there. (laughs) Matt, that seems perfect for you. 
Yes. What, what's what's the coolest thing you feel comfortable admitting to having stolen? Now that's Ooh, sucks. that's a good. Ooh, that should we should do that for the bonus stage. When we we should that. That's a bonus good stage, question. Yeah. I was about to that say it, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to save it. We'll have to we'll have to get Jeff on bonus stage and and, and have that discussion yeah. there because I have some stories about stealing shit. Oh my god, we're all gonna get arrested. Uh, <laughs> college is a hell of a time, kids. <laughs> hell of a Jeff, time. Jeff, what about yourself? What's new? What's been going on? Me? Yeah. Oh god, sorry, I was just giggling and wasn't listening. It's hard to do. Uh, well, the th- uh, the thing that I just most recently watched was I watched Tick Tick Boom yesterday. The one with which, Andrew Garfield, right? Yeah, Andrew How Garfield. Was it? The it's Uh-oh. God, it was it was devastating. It's really good. Like okay. sad, it, devastating. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, how much do you know about the about the plot or anything? Nothing. Nothing. Were either of you big fans of Rent? I don't think I've ever actually seen it front to front, like front to back. To be that, honest, that's fine. I yeah. saw it on Broadway about eight times when I was in high school. Okay, I'm that kid, and nice. this is fine. I still have all the playbills. And so, like, the story of how well, Jonathan Larson didn't live to see the success of Rent. He uh, passed away very suddenly the night before its first workshop performance. Wow, okay. And Tick, Tick, Boom is an adaptation of the one-man show that he put together, a uh, one-man musical show that he put together, after uh, a show that he'd been working on for years and years, Superbia, didn't get picked up. Like okay. all of the everything he put into it and the, the creative process and the and how stuff around him fell apart because of all this focus, whatever else. And this was kind of the next thing for him. And he put that together. And so the movie is and the Tick, Tick, Boom itself had uh, I think it's original mounted run uh, post rent was I think around 2001. Raul Esparza was uh, part of John and it's, it was just a three person show. And wow. so it's like Jonathan, Jonathan, female character, male character. They have main those, those two <laughs> other actors have like a main character, but they just cover everything else. And so this one, it's a much bigger thing. It's a very cool adaptation of the idea of because the original show has a lot of I mean, it's a solo show. So it's a lot of fourth wall breaking moments. They utilize that well. I, I was a huge fan of Tick, Tick, Boom as well. And so the things they changed and didn't change, I felt were great choices if cool. you're a broadway fan at all it is the best hidden object game i've ever played you just find cameos everywhere and there's weird little moments and things and that's something i really love about film and animation and a lot of uh media these days because it is created with the idea that you're going to pause and rewatch it or binge it or go back to it there's so many more things that can and do get layered into it and, oh, that's so cool! And this and this is one that just I I have a lot of nostalgic love. I I definitely look at the plot and people of Rent very differently now. Uh, some not so much, but it, <laughs> it 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 it's a very formative piece for me. And so getting to see this and Andrew Garfield knocks it out of the park. He embodies Jonathan Larson almost scarily well, and wow. apparently he learned how to sing and play piano for this movie and. I don't know how much of his own piano playing they did, but like definitely the shots looked good wow. and he sounds great. He held, he held his own. There's an entire musical number where it's like Broadway elite and who's who in Andrew Garfield. That's and incredible. I want to know how that man That's felt. Dope. Yeah. It was super cool. So th- that was the, the one that, yeah, no, I, I, at the end of it. And also I, 
and the whole thing, uh, tick tick boom, is it, like the the name of it is from the fact that the when superbia went up he was about to turn 30 and he thought like his youthful promise was going away and running out of time and everything else and he didn't live to see 36 wow and i loved the show and it wrecked me as a teenager and i'm 35 now and all of that realization oh my god i didn't know i needed that many get to get that many tears out of me but it's really good and my wife had never seen any of Tick, Tick, Boom or knew any of that. And she loved it as well. But she's also a Broadway nerd. Amazing. I'm going to have to watch this. I've heard really, really good things about it. There's a lot of like general like positive buzz online. And oh, yeah. I love Andrew Garfield. So like I'm there. Yeah, it's it's not a perfect movie. Nothing is. But I think it's mm. worth checking out. Nice. Cool. What about what else? I, I what, what have you been playing lately? I am hopping between Metroid Dread and Pokemon Shining Pearl on my Switch. Nice. Yeah, I I'm actually extremely excited. I am. I finally got to order a PS5. Nice. Congratulations. I, I got to p- make the order today. I like I, I have tried Best Buy. I've tried Walmart. I have like been following all of the, the Twitter alerts that I can. And Sony lets you sign up for the opportunity to be invited to, to the yeah. chance to line up yeah, all that shit. And I got the email yesterday. And yeah, it was after all of the other snafus and fuck ups that were the the cues of everything else. I was waiting for this to be another two hours of my life of just frustration. I I like it took fifteen minutes, and I was like, okay, I confirmed the order. Oh God, I didn't accidentally order the wrong one. It's all good. It's fine. <laughs> this is great. And that is amazing. Lovely. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you. It's, I still have so... not gotten one or placed an order. I've been so jealous of Matt Storm and his PS5, <laughs> and this is nice. And also because I am, I live in an apartment, but I'm slowly dividing up where consoles are set up. And so my work desk, I've I've set up an extra TV. That's where my nice. Switch dock is now. And now we'll put the PS5 in the main in the living room. But now the PS4 Pro is coming with me. <laughs> nice. And so I think there's there's a lot of PS4 games I've been meaning to play just me, and I'm uh-huh. gonna get to now. Nice. Congratulations! Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. That's dope. How are you liking Pokemon so far? I'm like keep like on the fence about buying it. Like I'm such a sucker. Every time like, okay. I love Pokemon. Sorry, I'll I'll be right back. I have to Do get your this thing. cat. Yeah. Okay. Uh no yeah, worries. I'm I'm always like I love Pokemon. I grew up on it. And like for me, Diamond and Pearl were around the time that I started to fall off that handheld just because I started I stopped having like the DS and the 3DS. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and like I'm hearing okay things about it, but like, you know, are you a fan of Diamond and Pearl? Like, how is this one shaping up? Um, I am a fan of Diamond and Pearl in, in a vacuum. I actually, I had Gen 1 Pokemon way back when, and then because I was so behind on my handhelds, I mm-hmm. didn't play another Pokemon game until Diamond and Pearl. And okay, it nice. Was in, it was in college, and a friend got Pearl, and I got Diamond, and I like got to throw myself into that again. So it, it holds a special place in my heart. I mm-hmm. would say, I'm not too far into it right now, mm-hmm. but it is... It is Gen 4 as hell, for better or for worse. They okay. have, the, I mean, the graphics are updated. There's a n- number of quality of life updates that have come about in the last few generations that are there. And mm-hmm. some that I thought were no-brainers that aren't. And okay. so this the sort of thing, like, you are able to see if you fought a Pokemon before. You can see which moves you have are effective, not effective. Mm-hmm. great those sorts of things are good uh being able to like quick do some of the items that's super good some of the right. the 
considering how long it took to save back on the DS versions of Diamond and Pearl, I think they went out of their way to make the saving as fast as possible. <laughs> and if not, it saves so quickly. Perfect. But, but yeah, there's... I wish I could remember off the top of my head. There was definitely one or two things already where I just went, really, they didn't carry that over? Uh-huh. Right. Maybe... I think some of it has to do with how encounters worked. I really enjoyed being able to see what I was encountering in Sword and Shield. Sword Mm -hmm. and Shield wasn't perfect, but there was plenty of stuff there that some folks got down on that I freaking loved. And it doesn't look like they're trying to cram in any of the... Since it's a remake, they don't have to do a new Gigantamaxing, Z-Move, Mega whatever, and I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I loved Uh, Mega Evolutions, and everything after that has just disappointed me. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree entirely. Well, that's dope. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, my... If you like it, get it. If, if yeah. you didn't like Gen 4, you can miss it. I just, uh, yeah, I, I'm so on the fence. I need to, I need to pick it up. Um, as for myself, I've been more obsessed with Arcane. I've gotten to the last two episodes now because the third act just came out over the weekend. And again, I don't care at all about League of Legends, but if you're at all curious of just awesome TV, go check this out. Cause it's so, so good. I've been hearing like great said, things. Yeah. And and to like to to Destiny's point, like I feel like the first episode is okay, the second episode is better, and then from then on, I think I think it was from episode three. It's just nonstop. Like I've been absolutely loving it. Uh, even you know my wife Senna, who's like she's been kind of like watching over my shoulders mm-hmm. a little bit, and then we got to the point where she was like, "I wish I could watch this Korean subtitles." I'm like, "All right, I'm throwing up the VPN. We're gonna restart from the beginning, and then we'll finish off the last two episodes together when we catch back up." Because like if you're into it, I'm there. Um, and then, so I've been loving that. I've been playing a whole bunch of Halo Infinite, just spending way too much time in that multiplayer. Uh, over oh, the yeah. weekend, uh, on like I think well sa- Saturday night, we we I did I played for my first time with Halo Saturdays with the Yumi and Capri crew because Sean and Ryan <laughs> are on like every Saturday playing Halo. And there was like twenty five of us in a lobby, like in a private lobby, just like playing Halo. Like it got to the point like we were doing like shotguns and swords. And then with the last round that we ended off was instant respawns and rockets only. And it's like. That kind of chaos I haven't had since like high school. I haven't had oh, that man. like that kind of like a whole bunch of people in a lobby messing around in a game in like a really long time. And just like Halo has kind of really brought that back. It's just it's so much fun. There are issues with the battle pass, which they are working on. Uh, they've made some changes already, which I hope they continue to adapt because it's still a bit too grindy. Um, but the game itself is just it feels so good. It's so much fun. I haven't touched Halo probably since like Reach was the last one Halo that I was like really into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one feels fantastic. Loving it. Uh, and it's just so seeing so many people all over it and being so positive about it. Uh, and I'm going to shout out motherfucking Mr. Badbit fucking Joe over on PS Trophy Room because he's way too good at fucking Halo to be a PlayStation fan. You piece of shit. Uh, we we have we've gotten a little heated together, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. And I've also just been losing myself in Shin Megami Tensei Five. I have like I Persona. This is my first SMT after just falling in love with Persona. Mm. Um, and like I really have to rethink the way that I play SMT compared to Persona because SMT is truly a lot more difficult. And like the way that like it's almost like a grown up pokemon and like i you really have to abuse fusing you really have to mm. be very careful about which monsters you're bringing into which scenario because they'll wi- differ wildly if you're not careful you'll get you'll get your shit wrecked real real quick uh, and i'm just playing on the standard difficulty but like the world is beautiful the story seems interesting so far i'm really 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 enjoying it so like jeff for yourself like mm-hmm. smt smt5 check it out once you get a little bit through that backlog because it's it's really fantastic yeah i i was able to i picked up the the nocturne hd remake not too long ago i got that on sale so that's that's on the docket i've yeah smt is the i haven't made the jump yet but i know i want to that's 
And I've been wondering, like, yeah, what do I need to know? Okay, be be yeah. be, be ready to lose. Yes, yeah. Like I, right. I'm I'm hitting those safe points constantly. Like I'm spending a lot of money on just healing. Like you really have to be much more careful. Like there was one like mini boss that took me like an hour to beat because like I kept losing and then I had to go. I grinded a bit, refused my persona, like my my demons, and then went back at it again. It's like it's you have to really be a lot more careful with what you're doing because otherwise you're just gonna get your teeth knocked in. Um. But yeah, that's that's basically being me in a nutshell. But let's let's mosey on over to some questions for Jeff before we hit the news. Because Jeff, something that I'm very, very curious, and I asked I asked Stormageddon about this as well, just because I feel like what you guys are doing with side quest, mm-hmm. through which I mean Destiny is in the process or just finished or along those lines. I finished it. Yeah. Perfect. I, I love the project. I genuinely think it's such a cool way to celebrate people and games together. And like I asked Storm this question as well, but I want to ask you. You know, what does side quest mean to you as an idea, as kind of like a platform? Because I think it's so special. I I agree. And I have to say uh, at the top of this that more than anything, I am probably side quest's biggest fan because mm-hmm. Matt does so much of the production end on that. I think we recently recorded our sort of year end wrap up a little early. And I think in that I joked that, you know, my seven and a half percent of work on that show <laughs> Uh, it's just kind of, I'm, I'm here and my name's on the header, I guess. But side quests in general means so much to me because as I'd said at the top of this episode, Matt and I very early on decided that fun and games wasn't going to be either a news show. We tried very early on being like, well, what are you playing right now? And it mm-hmm. just kind of, it never quite gelled, but mm-hmm. we do like celebrating specific games and we like a lot of games, but we haven't played all of them. And y'all like games that I've never played and vice versa. And there's so many others. And it was, it's an area where people can speak passionately about something they love, not having to justify it per se. You don't give a review score. You don't have to give pros and cons. You Mm. can, you can give a book report on it. You can give a personal anecdote about it. It's why it matters to you. It's why you enjoy it. And it's what you would want to tell anybody that wants to give you up to 20 minutes be like sell me on the game why what's up and we're all nerds we love getting to do that kind of thing and as well as the fact that it was something where matt and i are very happy and honored uh to have had so many of the guests on our show that we've had and we're looking forward to to having more and bringing in new voices and new perspectives and ideas and side quest is I hesitate to call it quick and dirty, but it's like a very accessible way mm-hmm. to get a lot of different voices because no matter how open-minded or how uh, on top of things Matt and I try to be, we're still two white guys in our thirties with a video game podcast and mm-hmm. for good or for ill and being able to bring in perspectives that we could never possibly have um, POC voices, uh, female non-binary voices, other folks on the queer spectrum, uh, and, or other just, or other white guys in their thirties, with video game podcast, whatever (laughs) they've got different opinions too. These things happen, but whatever it is. And it's also been a lot of fun for me because I'm finding new favorite games through it, through the, that's another reason why I'm like, I'm probably side quest's biggest fan because Mm -hmm. I, I'm the one who does our like Twitter questions for uh, for fun and games and those daily calls to action. And I often will be listening to the the side quest the night before or the morning of to like base the question off of that. And sometimes I'll hear the the episode and just go, 
well, that's going on my list. Or do I have that? I got to play that next. <laughs> or it comes up. And that's what it needs to be. We're not, mm-hmm. it's, and there's something nice in that. I feel that it is quietly revolutionary and that uh, revolutionary with a lowercase r like that's not it's more of a revelation in terms Mm. of we can just enjoy games and we can like the games we like it's not a debate of like well i need to defend why i think loom is the best point and click game ever nay Mm -hmm. the greatest game ever it's just i like this game i hope you like it too and just having that level of a conversation about it, I think, is important to have. It's something quick. It's something that can just be part of your feed. And I hope that other people are finding new favorites or uh, even games that I already know and already love. I love getting to hear what someone else noticed in those games because you're getting to have those like two in the morning end of the party conversations uh, like they're one-sided, but there's something wonderful in those sorts of moments and getting that sort of passion from people. So <sighs> that's what I love about side quests. I love that answer. Yeah. And side quests is so, so special destiny. I can't wait to hear your episode um, because I'm, I'm very, very excited to listen to it. Uh, so, I, I, so, so I look like... forward to it as well. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> right. Ooh. I think it's like going to be 127 or something like that. Okay. So it's coming up. Nice. nice. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, so the next thing I want to ask you about is like, I mean, you've obviously had a very, very storied, um, history with drama and, and acting. So what I wanted to ask about is because, you know, we're a video game podcast, how was the journey into VO? How did, how did that come about? Like, when did that, when did that happen and how? Um, that is sort of both sudden and was always there, I think. Okay. Because, yeah, no, I, I'm one of those kids that was in the school plays from middle school onward. And I studied, I studied music in college and because that was another thing that I did, I technically have a degree in jazz trumpet. Nice. nice. I love jazz. As, as do I. I, I appreciated it before going to college and now I have strong opinions about it, but that's because I love it. <laughs> it's, it's just, it happens. You end up with a bunch of other college students with strong opinions about jazz. You gotta, you gotta form your own or, or, or perish. But, <laughs> but part of what I studied while I was there was audio recording. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot about how, well, all of this tech that I'm using right now works. And I grew up with like a lot, like I'm sure a lot of other voice actors talk about, like you grew up loving the voices you heard. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, imitating characters, imitating people around you. I accidentally would do my own audiobooks for myself because whenever I was alone, I would do dramatic readings of, of passages from books for myself just because that I love amazing. Oh, it was so much fun. It was just a good, goofy thing. And then I found out later that that's just a warm up exercise. Okay. <laughs> you, can get, you can get paid to do that. All right. Cool. 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 You know, and, and finding out that, yeah, people get paid to do this. Well, that's awesome. And so it kind of became a thing of I just I you know I, I try to string together work where I can. If it's voiceover work, it's voiceover work. If it's uh, immersive theater, I have done so much immersive theater, it which is its own weird thing. But it's I don't know. There there came a certain point where I was slowly but surely using so much of my my college knowledge of of recording and things. It's like well. Let me get a slightly better microphone and let me let me let me send a few auditions to some stuff here. Let me find something there. 
mm-hmm. right, let me take some classes at a, at this Midtown studio. Oh, cool. They produced my demo. Oh, cool. They're calling me for some stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm doing this now. We're doing this now. Great. Cool. 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 Um, at the moment, I'm, I've am i done one completed game and I'm, I'm in production for another or very early pre-production. The one that I've done was like an, a web browser point and click game. Uh, but still, that's no, that's... That's cool. Oh, oh, I know. And it's also, it was an example of one of my favorite uh, bits of like tips for people who want to develop characters, whether Mm -hmm. for your tabletop game or for voice acting or whatever. So many great characters start as really bad impersonations. (laughs) You know, if you think of a certain kind of character and you think of of like a famous portrayal of that, do a bad job of it and then change it up a little. Like, do good vocal production, but I mean, even Alan Tudyk's uh, performance as King Candy in uh, Wreck-It Ralph is basically Ed Wynn from older Disney movies. That whole idea of just being like this oh, the whole yes. time. It's just the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. It's fine. And he's that the was grandpa. really good. Right? <laughs> that was yeah. incredible. I, this is what I do with my time, <laughs> and I've I've also uh, I I'm coming out of a of a bit of a hiatus. Just uh, when Sarah was between jobs, I decided that I was banging my head against the wall on a lot of things. When when lockdown started, I just threw caution to the wind and did about a dozen of the most ill-advised audiobooks I've ever done. There was just so much fast turnaround on these things. There was so little quality control, but I was like, I need to work and I need to justify and I need to do these things. And it burnt me. And I, and I didn't realize how much I wasn't recovering, but I've still spent the time. Yeah. Listening to characters and playing around with those things and and getting back into the, getting back into the game of sending out dozens of auditions. (laughs) I have a question. Yes. Like what's like, can you give us a sample of like the, the, your favorite voice my favorite like voice. the your favorite one that like you always kind of go to like you know uh, what i mean i pro- i go between uh, i i am clearly a very um a feet flamboyant uh a forest creature of of a human and i to to defend myself <laughs> against other uh larger angrier uh boys from north jersey where i grew up i uh i definitely would try to have like a much deeper voice than that like i i this was sort of my my main speaking voice for a while until i blew out my voice and then had to go to more vocal honestly i can do way more voice i i have way better control over my instrument now but with that same idea i have like two distinct paths of if i'm like pulling something out of my ass it's like it's meant to be big and bombastic you kind of heard one of them before we started recording um i like Again, bad impersonations. I have my Brian Blessed and I have my Patrick Warburton. You know, Brian Blessed, it it doesn't sound exactly like him. He sounds a bit more like this about entirely everything. He's tagged a photo (laughs) of me on Facebook. When you get to it, it's a picture of a horse's ass. Just ignore it, Henry. I can't ignore it, Catherine. And (laughs) holy shit, dude. Incredible. Thank you. And the Patrick Warburton is actually the voice that I did in the video game that I'm in, where they needed like a drunken innkeeper. Oh my god! So I just kind of came <laughs> at it like this the entire time. You guys are nothing but trouble, kind of thing. And oh my god! <laughs> a lot of it is also where you go in the microphone. I can't be super loud as Patrick Warburton, which is uh-huh. why I, like I got to get close there. But those are those are two go tos in terms of I don't I don't know like. 
No, that was that was dope. Like you did not. So, I know this sounds stupid when I say you didn't sound like yourself. <laughs> but like if I closed my eyes and I was looking at you, I sound like a very you, different to me. You would be a very yeah. I'd be like, who is that, Matt? Like who who else is on the show? Yeah, I got a secret fourth person. Oh my on, god, right? that's that, so great. Can th- you just those are do like announcements for us, like <laughs> <laughs> happily. I, I love oh doing that god. shit. So, so much of my work is narration work is, uh, like I, I did a whole bunch of like, I did a bunch of crap for JP Morgan, like a year or two ago. So it's like all of the fancy stuff for, cause you know, video games are great if you can book them, but I am non-union. So I, uh-huh. I get the paychecks where I can get them and bank money. Look, get, screw you, JP Morgan, pay me. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, any of those times where you just need to. Well, here's the stupid thing with voiceover. Um, Sometimes when doing like commercial work or or internals, which are like narration for videos and things that just happen within the company. Anytime you have like a training video for a job you're working, that's an internal. You Hmm. are depending on this is this is the goofy thing. And this is and I feel fine saying all this because A, I didn't sign an NDA and B, these are out already. I did two scripts that were the exact same script. Except one was for JP Morgan and one was for Chase Private Client. Same exact thing, talking about the same investment portfolio stuff. But because JP Morgan uses like billionaires and much richer people, we talk about how these things are good for you. Whereas Chase Private Client, you know, those are people investing $50,000 or $100,000. So you want to be a little more even keel on these things, even as you talk about the same exact things. Oh my god! Oh I can totally my. tell the difference, right? though. Yeah. I can totally tell the difference. And it's it's stupid. And when the and look, but it makes when, sense though, because I would like less likely listen to like the 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 first you, voice you, for the JP Morgan. One. I'm like, it's mm, the stuff you want. yeah. I don't know if that's for me. Nah, <laughs> like, yeah. I live paycheck right. to paycheck. <laughs> like yeah. the other guy. And and that's how you got to sound. You got to sound like, hey, come on. <laughs> Yeah, like, hey, me too. Me too. No, me this, too. But like, this is funny. It's, I would go with the other guy. Yeah. This is what she said. He's very, very fancy. Oh, he, he's, he sounds like he knows people with money. Right. right? Yeah. I too want to know people with money. Right. <laughs> oh, that's so, incredible. So something I wanted to know, because it's something that like I struggle with. And I, I know for that, you know, we I play D&D and I have a bunch of friends who are trying to get more and more into it. And one of mm. the kind of biggest hurdles for them is the role play aspect is the voices and stuff. Like I get very caught up in my own head about it. How do you, how do you get over that? Or how do you like talk to yourself about it to like not focus on it? Cause you know what I mean? I get so mm. self-conscious about like the way that I sound. Oh that, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I guess uh, I just get tripped up about it. No, that's, that's fair. Um, I can come at this from a couple of angles. One, um, I, the, uh, a thing that is often said within voiceover, especially in terms of voiceover education, is there are maybe there's a, a handful of things that you really need to be a successful voice actor. And maybe fourth or fifth on that list is having a good voice. It's okay. not it's I, I am often told and this is tooting my own horns like, oh, Jeff, you got a great voice for voiceover. Cool. Yeah. Now it's it's I, I've worked hard on having this sort of presentational quality, but it doesn't have to be like that. Um, not a, just the same way the red crayon, green crayon idea. Mm-hmm. Not every role needs this. Not every right. role needs a Brian Blessed. Not every role needs something hot. Well, whatever it is. And even if I can do something like it, they don't need necessarily me. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing of I'm the only me. You're the only you. You bring 
the quality of who you are to it. And that infuses truth and that infuses character already. And any of these, even when like trying to do something that sounds nothing like me, it's still me. And it's Mm -hmm. still an aspect of me and you embody an aspect of you to do it. And in terms of Dungeons and Dragons, I am terrible about keeping details right and Uh trying to come up with a bunch of things because I will overthink. I will overthink. I will overthink. I will either write nothing or I'll write a novel and it makes no sense. (laughs) And so I was introduced to the concept of front story, which is you make a few key choices as to who that character is. You're not locking these down in some tome somewhere i assume you're not playing them for like an actual play podcast you're just kind of playing at a table yeah Yeah. well well then who cares if the character changes a little from session to session Mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't need to answer every question but moral quandaries come up and you go well what would they do about this and if you just let it come with a little bit with a few already answered questions you can lean on those or make a decision and go that is what they'll do and now you filled in that gap Mm -hmm. and certain things about what they're dealing with. I played a, a, an arcane trickster character in a game. He's probably one of my favorite characters that he started off sounding a lot smoother, a lot you know, more languid about things. But the way I played him was full ADHD. He either was overcautious or he kept getting shot because he <laughs> forgot to check for traps. In, this, in one dungeon, I lost an eye. I nearly lost an arm. I like There were so many of those things, and I just let him get more and more placidly frantic. Okay. And it just, whereas normally it's a little more like, no, I got this. This is fine. It became a little more pointed. And how's your morning going? This is fine. We're going to do this. It's that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And that carried through. That's not what I started with him. That's not the choices that I originally made. But because it's not being recorded, because it's not a thing that is that the only consistencies are for yourself and the people around you. Mm-hmm. And you're telling a story together and characters evolve. And so you the the way that you get over that. And again, it's it's simple and it's easy, but it's not simple and it's not easy is mm-hmm. to not answer so many questions beforehand answer a few or and then let the questions come up as you go and let those inform you as you play even watching critical role you i i got into watching critical role in, in lockdown and i watched all of the, the the second campaign and i freaking love it and if you watch the first episodes and you watch the last episodes the wildly different characters not even just revelations the voices they use the accents everything else those evolve and change and them's professional ass voice actors (laughs) i'm just professional they're professional ass voice actors (laughs) and and those evolve too so it's it's getting out of your own way is really the the key i think that's good advice like overall just in general also matt just have fun with it just have fun with it like that's what i did when i did those stupid voices for the game and they all sound absolutely horrible but it was just fun yeah it was fun and because if you bring that, that carries through. Yeah. If, you know, if you're nervous, it will show. If you are mm-hmm. relaxed, it will show. And people connect with that. And even if you can't sit there and go, oh, well, they sound like this or I hear this. Or you can tell because of this tension. You feel it. You intrinsically know it. And you mm-hmm. connect with it. And, <sighs> yeah, just have fun. You yeah, can I do I it. I feel you like you should do, like, an episode where you at least try two voices. Just try it. Mm-hmm. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Because my guy voice is always a surfer guy. 
And everybody's <laughs> like, your guy, he either sounds stoned or he sounds like he's like a surfer. And I was like, I feel like those are very Why similar. Yeah. So I, I, like if you want to break down into the ideas of like cadence of speech, of speed, of placement, of any of those, you can you can look at what you do and like you can overthink that if you want to. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I got into this business because I'm. I was going to obsess over it anyway. I may as well give it for <laughs> yeah. it. I, not everyone, you know, those things are like, you don't have to obsess like I do, but I'm going to obsess like I do. Yeah. But it's there if you want it. That passion, that's just, that's the fiery insides. It's awesome. So the last kind of major question that I had for you before we over, head over onto news, uh, unless unless there's anything that Destiny else wants to ask. Um, no, Matt, but, I feel like you got most of the questions covered. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> um, so it's twofold. All Part right. one. If there was any existing character that you could be offered to do voiceover work for, who would Riddler. it be? Who? That was fucking fast. Holy shit. The Riddler. Riddler. I oh, would love to play the Riddler. I bet you you could do it so good, too. Yeah. I'm thinking, or, like, of the original animated Batman. Yeah. I Or just some, some smarmy know-it-all. <laughs> I just need some asshole over over your intercom telling you how smart he is and how inevitable your failure is. That's all I want. I just want to be that guy. God, I can see oh. you doing voices for Teen yeah. Titan too. Like I'm just uh, listening to you and I'm just like, <laughs> I can see voice. him doing that. And then I started thinking of what's that one that we just saw that was like really huge, but like really, really brutal. Based Justice? off the comp, no. Based off the, I haven't comic. watched a new season of that yet. Invincible. Invincible. Oh, Invincible. That's what I was thinking. I was like, he could totally oh. be a character oh. in Invincible. Oh my That's, god. That is extremely generous of you. No. Okay. Because listen. Okay. Sorry. Side story. That's what I do. I mm-hmm. I do side stories. Um. Hey, hey, please. I did not like J.K. Is J.K. Simmons? Is that his J.K. Name? Simmons? Mm-hmm. I did not like his voice as the dad. I felt like it did not fit the character's look and so my other friend was like no it totally fits and i like him as an actor i just thought he sounded a little too old a little too western i don't know what it was but it just Mm -hmm. did not fit to me i don't know why i don't i don't know all right yeah yeah that's fair yeah that that happens and i I, I wish I could say I've seen more of Invincible than I have. I watched the first episode and then I got distracted because I too do side stories. I <laughs> I am, I am uh, very extremely ADHD, so I want to ride bikes. And I have and <laughs> I, I watch things because my wife wants to watch them and I want to watch them. And so we go, let's, this is how I've watched Owl House. This is how I've watched those things. So otherwise, like Invincible is just for me. So I just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the first episode, I was Which gone. Which is fair, I, too. I, I liked didn't it. finish it, but I, I mean, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then but the second part of my question, then, is if you could choose a video game studio and to start a new IP, they came to you and they said, Jeff, we're making this new game. Like, we want you to do a voice for it. Which studio would you want to work with? And it, we don't have to specify in terms of, like, niche or genre or anything, but, like, what's your dream studio if they came to you and, like, we need you, Jeff, uh, we need you. Oh, God. Um... Listen, I'm a desperate enough man, but <laughs> I'm desperate, okay? I would if I'm if I'm picking off the top of my head like look, it would be uh an honor, a dream, a treat to get to voice anyone in a super giant game. Nice. 
Super Giant. Oh, and you would fit so well in a Super Giant game. They're they're fun. They're good. I I love their games. I like. I, one of the big reasons I was so devastated that I when I thought I'd lost my Vita was it had my physical copy of Bastion in it. Like, okay. just such a. <laughs> it I, hurt. I, I, I can I, tell. Oh, oh, it hurt. I was missing a piece of my soul. <laughs> When it when it came back, it was so good. So yeah, no, it's, those are ones where they take their time. They, by all accounts, it looks like they are doing video game development real well. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be at a point one day where I can absolutely, as an actor, choose and vote entirely with my morals. And I do that some, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I'm not going to advertise blockchaining or anything. And... <laughs> But the, but the thing is, there's times where, you know, do, do I have uh, strong anarchistic uh, ideas about capitalism? Yes, I still will take J.P. Morgan's money. Mm-hmm. And, and in the you meantime, gotta if I... You gotta yeah, survive. if it's going to someone. Right. That's the, you know, less either less corruption or more of it in my favor. And huh. this, is, this is just a little <laughs> bit of corruption. And, yeah. But like I say, yeah, if, if I could absolutely choose, I'd say Supergiant is top of the list. Oh, I could totally see like a transistor too, but with like your smarmy narrator, I would love it. It would be fantastic. I'd be all over it. Oh, I would love to narrate one of those games. <sighs> it would be, be so fun. much fun. I'm ta- I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Watch it's it. Gonna it's gonna We're happen. It's gonna. We're manifesting. We're manifesting exactly. One hundred percent. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Let's let's hop over into some news, Hell yeah. uh, and because we have some shit that we need to talk about. Um. I'm going to start off by playing from Eurogamer. So I'm going to do a bit of a smorgasbord before we kind of dive into this because there's going to be four separate articles that I'm going to be pulling from, but I feel like to kind of put together a comprehensive look at the story before we start talking about it. Uh, all of this will be from Eurogamer. I will call out each author as we go. They're, the first article is from Matt Wales. Activision boss Bobby Kotick under fire after damning report into what he knew of workplace abuse. Uh, so the Wall Street Journal like shout out to them because they put together a fucking incredible report about this bullshit. Uh, details a long list of incidents Kodak is said to have known about, sourced from people familiar with the matter as well as internal documents, prior to the revelation of July's State of California lawsuit, which called Activision a breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women. It's claimed, for instance, Kodak was directly informed of allegations made by a Sledgehammer Games employee that a male service, a male supervisor had raped her in 2016 and 2017 after she was pressured into consuming too much alcohol in the office and at work events. Kodak actually went on to threaten her with legal action. Uh, and there's like, there's a lot going on in this article, but I want to pull from a, a couple other sections here. There's a, another one where he called a former assistant and threatened to kill her uh, and left that as a voicemail. Um, and then just basically went ahead and covered up for a lot of royal fucking assholes. So this 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 came out um, last week. And then following, again from Tom Phillips, 150 Activision Blizzard staff staged walkout following bombshell report. Activision Blizzard staff have staged a new walkout in response to last night's damning Wall Street Journal report. Um, around 150 employees gathered outside the Blizzard campus in Irvine, California, after a call from a better ABK group, which asked workers to down tools. So there was a protest they started talking about a zero tolerance policy in regards to abusers, which we heard Kodak talk about just a few months ago after these allegations started to rise up. And, you know, the kind of defense at the time was he didn't know about it. He never heard about it. Uh, there were shareholders timing in, uh, also calling for his resignation. And basically PlayStation stepped up, 
Xbox stepped up as about an hour and a half ago. Nintendo finally stepped up. And all across the board, all of them are basically saying that they're, re- they're taking another look at their relationships with Activision Blizzard and with Kodak. And it's gotten to the point now where the board of directors stood behind Kodak and said, you know what? No, we're going to back him. It's totally fine. There were in-house meetings that they basically said, the workers asked, hey, the zero tolerance policy that you instated. And they flat out said, hey, it doesn't apply to him. It's okay. These things were a while ago. Forget about it. Um, and now it's gotten to the point where they're like, okay, maybe he'll step down if he can't fix it. So it's just another massive fucking call to action, uh, another massive report talking about how fucking broken this industry can be and how white men are just running around fucking rampant doing whatever the fuck they want. Um, I think this is absolute garbage. It's the fact that the board stood with him is just fucking bewildering. But again, not at all surprising. So I just kind of want to open the floor up. I'm not going to throw it to either one of you. I'm going to whoever wants to chime in next um to talk about this because i feel like this is just i i'm running out of words to keep fucking talking about this and it shouldn't be happening that's fair i mean no i i I think you're right in terms of it's it is uh assholes getting away with whatever the hell they want and it's water is wet and the video game industry has a lot of problems in how it's run and I, I personally am uh, enchanted, delighted by the, you know, he'll he'll step down if these things can't be addressed with speed. Yeah. Which is beautifully, like, intricately nebulous language for what the fuck does that mean? What it, What is your timeline there? It, it can be whatever you want it to be. You, you're holding the goalposts there, goalposts there, buddy. And it's... Just, yeah. Yeah. Destiny, where, where are you at? <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I feel like we'll see what happens. Do you think anything is going to happen? Do you think he steps down? Um. The only problem I have with that is if he steps down, if the board is behind someone like him, they'll put somebody else like him right back in that spot because they Mm -hmm. don't see anything wrong with it right so um maybe the fact that like and i really hope that like playstation and all of these other companies who said they're going to take another look at their relationship actually just 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 cut them off like there's no reason to take another look right like we kind of all know like i don't know what you're looking for but I would just cut ties because it seems like they're not going to make any major changes unless like their wallets get hit huge. And Mm -hmm. so, um, but you know, I like, I feel like it's a boys club and a lot of stuff can just be being said to being said, you know, because like they've Mm -hmm. lip service. Yeah. They, they like, they like getting away with it. So why would they change a, yeah, he he's he's the current scapegoat. All of the all exactly. of the bad feelings shifts to him. Take him down. Put someone else. Up. Put somebody else there. New name, same shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of it's going to change. I feel like it's almost like all big business in yes. in the United States. Like, um, I mean, same with like child trafficking and all of the sex trade and all of that stuff. Like, you take down one name that's been circulating because he's been fucking up a lot. But that didn't stop it. It's no. still happening. So, um, and there's no way that he didn't know what was going on. Even though, like, yeah. they've reported on this, there's no way he didn't know that that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Even if not specifics of specific incidents, he knows. Yes. Especially if somebody filed a complaint with HR. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck HR was doing. Defending Kodak and defending the fucking people who are running the show. That's all. I mean, that's one of the fucking shittiest things about, I I don't know, realizing in my adult life is just how much HR is there to protect the company, not to protect you, right? Oh, that's all. It's always been like that. People think HR is there for the people, but they're... Well, that's what I mean. The resources, not the humans. Yes. Yes. Well said. Yeah. And now it's... um, Damn it, I had something. But yeah, it's the... (laughs) Sorry. It's the, the idea of... You think about like the the board standing behind him, and it's sort of a you know he's done good things for the company and this and that. Yeah, he's turned a good profit, and as well mm-hmm. as the fact that good leadership means fostering a good environment. And if the environment is too large for you to be able to do that or to ensure that others are doing that, then your environment's too large. Yeah, there's a lot of game studios that are too goddamn big. Yeah. Hmm. But they need to keep making the yearly Maddens. They need to keep making the, you know, the yearly sports games that make them the money. And like you said, like, it's it's unfortunate to think because what that company desperately needs and hopes of any sort of fucking actual change is to take out the board and Kodak with it, right? But like yeah. like you said, D, it's never going to happen. Well, what right? would be great is if they put like, you know, a woman in his place, a woman who was like, I'm not going to let this happen. Someone who's mm-hmm. not going to be a puppet. That would be absolutely great. There so, was already he, a uh, a resignation of a woman who was one of the co-heads, and yeah. it's which which doesn't uh, which doesn't mean your idea isn't a good idea. It just means that there is an it just means the hill is a lot steeper. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. fucking ridiculous because if I remember correctly, like she was instated as a co-head uh, just a few months ago when yeah. that story broke, and literally like two months later, she stepped down, basically being like they were already trying to pay me less, they were already trying to fuck around, and it's just like. You're the fucking co-head of one of the biggest development studios in the world. And yeah, but and they like, don't respect women. So, like, I know, I'm not I know. really sure what she thought was going to happen when she went into that position, which sucks. They might have made some mm-hmm. promises, but, like, you, like you're going to step into a position at a company that is not only known for having these issues, but being sued by the state yeah. for having these issues. Like, I'm not sure if you thought you were going to walk in there and do big shit, but, like, I wish she would have stayed. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. because I think that would have been important. But also your mental health comes first. And if it's like fucking with you mentally and emotionally, like get the fuck out of there. But I would really like a strong, a stronger female presence uh, at all of these companies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that aren't afraid to speak up. And maybe her choice to to take up a co-head position was with the intent that she would have to resign because Maybe. we're talking we're talking about it now and she was already in uh, a part of Blizzard Activision at the time and it's like all right well let's see if they are following through on things and if they don't I walk and everyone knows and here True. we are that could be it too True. yeah absolutely well yeah well we will continue to to watch the story as it happens cuz i'm sure this is not the fucking end of it just fucking be better you fucking assholes make better choices uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about a delay before we wrap on some fun news. Uh, Saints Row delayed six months to August 2022. This is coming from Wesley Ian Poole over at Eurogamer. Saints Row has been delayed six months to August 2022. It was due out February 25th, now launches on August 23rd. I, for one, am very happy about this delay because January, February, and March of next year are already completely fucked with the, the amount of games that are coming out. And there just would not have been enough room 
for you know all these games to breathe and i'm actually very excited for the saints row i haven't played one in a long time and uh this one looks dope yeah i'm excited uh, D, i know i know you're excited about it too and as we've talked about delays but like where, where's your head at this i'm this? i never have an issue with delays like mm-hmm. if you want to give me a better product that i'm going to be putting my hard-earned money into please do take mm-hmm. all the time you need like I'm still waiting for them to make another bully and they haven't even announced that they're ever going to do that. And I'm still waiting patiently. Yeah. So yeah. One of the great virtues to cultivate as a gamer is patience. Really? <laughs> right. I mean, Jeff, I, what about you? How, or how are you on Saints Row? I actually have never played a Saints Row game. I'm familiar with them. Mm-hmm. I got three and four in some sale a while back and have not put them into my system yet. The internal backlog. The eternal backlog. It's it that that that's my metal band and <laughs> the eternal backlog. And so, I I do want to play it. Uh, mm-hmm. like you you are two more names on a long list of people that are like you like it. I need to, I need to play it. Mm-hmm. So you know I haven't started yet. I'll when it comes out it comes out. And yeah, as somebody who well my PS five is now in a race with my analog pocket to arrive. Nice. And, and I, that's one where, you know what? Ship shortages, boat stuck. Like I, I, I've waited for something like the analog pocket forever. I got it with the game gear adapter because I, nice. I am a secret fervent, not so secret lover of the game gear. And I'm, I'm excited to get to play that in HD now, but as long as it takes to get here, I would rather, I'd rather it be good. I would rather those that are behind it not be right. worked into the ground to the same things you were talking about with uh, Blizzard Activision, but also stuff like CD Projekt Red and a lot yeah. of other and Ubisoft and other large studios and the idea of crunch. I will. I'm keen to wait. Maybe it's not convenient to the news cycle. Maybe it's not whatever else, but I'm going to feel a lot better about the game. I'll, I'll say this. I think for everybody who's complaining about like, games being like put on hold i know you guys have tons of fucking games you haven't even played yet yeah get I over absolutely yourself absolutely know that you do mm-hmm. go play one of those games that you bought during a steam sale and just chill out until it comes right? out yeah if if you actually do not have a backlog i may suspect you of criminal men- mental illness yes <laughs> yes absolutely well like said. Actual cartoon villain insanity. <laughs> Long mustache Here twirling. Like, yes, I've finished my next game. There's nothing left for me to play. It's, it's either that or it is like the Animaniacs version of Hannibal Lecter. Oh my Just god. Like, I, I remember have that. No backlog. <laughs> nothing. Father <laughs> oh beans. Yes. Father beans. So yeah, exactly. Play your play your backlog, people. Yeah, yeah get through it. Uh, to, to add another game on to this for our last story, we're going to be talking about a report coming from Tom Phillips. Warner Bros. Crossover Fighter Multiverses officially announced. Uh, Multiverses, the upcoming Smash Bros-like platform fighter from Warner Bros. has finally been announced after appearing in a fuck ton of leaks. He didn't, Matt, Tom Phillips didn't write that. I changed it a little bit. Uh, the game will be free to play and launch on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox in 2022. We've already got a bunch of confirmed characters like Batman, Shaggy, Superman, Bugs Bunny, Harley Quinn, Tom and Jerry, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time, Arya from Game of Thrones, Steven and Garnet from Steven Universe, and a whole lot more. Some of my favorite things about this 
they're actually getting a lot of the original voice actors. Estelle's yeah. coming back for Garnet. Kevin Connor's coming Hell back. Hell yes, Batman. yes, fucking right, exactly. American so like, guy. there were reports about this game as it was leaking that apparently looked cheap. I think it looks cartoonishly awesome. I think this game looks dope. If it isn't microtransactioned out to shit, I'm there. This game looks adorable, and I'm actually excited about it. Oh, well, it should look cartoony. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Like, what were they expecting? Like, it's based off of. Uh, cartoons <laughs> I'm, right you know and smash brothers is the pinnacle of serious design yeah yeah and i mean i am calling this in my head super smash mugen at the moment uh <laughs> but really the only I- issue i take uh at the outset is i don't like that all of the characters seem to be the same size yeah i yeah that's I, true i would like for them to Garnet and Steven should not, not be, be the, the same, same height. Set. Yeah, no. no. Especially if it's like little boy Steven. This isn't Steven Universe Future. Steven needs therapy, Steven. This exactly, is, yeah. This this is excitable boy adventure, I love that Steven. You threw in there. Needs therapy, Steven. This, oh, <laughs> That's Steven, you, yeah, no, no. Future, yeah, yeah future, no, I know, I know. I mean, wouldn't you need therapy after all? Oh, God. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, fucking right. <laughs> I, I appreciate them like starting to tackle that. Like, Steven mm-hmm. Universe, it's Absolutely. a few years past, and like, yeah, it. it it is some great shoulders for future giants to stand upon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy for that. But yeah, like little boy Steven should not be the same size as Garnet and on those ends of things. And so otherwise, yeah, like let's let's get goofy with this. I right? I noticed that they mentioned in the article original characters like Rain Dog, a cross between a reindeer and a dog. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, they didn't right? show in that trailer. So Rain Dog does appear very briefly. It looks like, like a green like kaiju almost so like i'm very okay. curious to see what else is going to be out there okay uh, and and you know what you make a great point because seeing uh like jake from adventure time the mm-hmm. same size as basically batman weirds me out a little bit yeah it makes me a little bit uncomfortable at least not, uh, really? not without changing jake his size yeah because i was like jake can change his just, size well yeah but jake fluctuates right usually yeah, yeah. he's smaller right just yeah. seeing him eternally the same size as batman i'm uh, kind of like yeah yeah, you know what I mean. That's it's, what I mean. It's a touch on Canny Valley. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and getting Matthew Lillard back as Shaggy, and them going with the memes, the ultra instinct Shaggy meme. is just. I, I love it. it. I love how yeah. Some people were like, "It's cringy." I'm like, "Fuck no, lean into it. Why not have fun?" You know, with it's it? cringy. What? The Cowboy Bebop live action. That's Did you cringy. watch it yet? Uh, mm. No, and I'm not going to. All right then. All of my friends who have who are like, just give it a chance, have come back to me and told me you were right. Even uh, uh, Asia, Asia messaged me today, and she was like, I just want to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it, apology accepted. <laughs> Did you see that one clip circulating online of the blackmail clip? That's the one that I saw, and I was like, no. There's like, who was um, I don't know Cowboy Bebop. I never watched it. What's his name? Jet. Jet, thank you. He's talking to some like older woman and she's like, he's like, is that black male? And she's like, it is because you're both black and a male. Something along those lines. Like that is, that is like, I, I don't have it verbatim, but that is, that is, that is That's said. super cringe. First of all, because Jet's not supposed to be black. So why call attention to his color there if you're not going to, this is what I hate. I hate when they just take an established canon character and change their race, but do not think about all the things that affected that person to 
to the point of who they are. Like black mm-hmm. jet is not going to approach things or see things the same thing as white jet saw them. Right. And people are not going to react to him the same. So like, just stop doing it. Stop taking characters and just changing their color and being like, well, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be the same person. No, they fucking won't. <laughs> and while I understand the design as well, because uh, jets English voice actor, Bo Billingsley is black. And so, okay, continue with that. This works. And if you're going to make it a thing where everything's a, a little more colorblind and this is all fine, cool. But it doesn't seem like they're going that no, way. No, especially it's... if she made that comment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. throws that right out the yeah. window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about multiverses? D, I know you're not that massive on Smash Bros, but this takes a lot of properties that I know we both care about. Are you going to play multiverses with me at least a few times online? It's free to play when it comes out next yeah, year. Yeah, no, I'll play it with you. Listen, the reason why I'm not okay with Smash Brothers, let me just tell everybody this right now. All right. Mm-hmm. It's There's too much going on the screen, and I have ADD, and I cannot focus on mm-hmm. like what's happening. And it's just very bright. So I'm mm-hmm. always yep. falling off an edge because I think I'm looking at my character but I'm not. I'm looking at something else and then I fall off an edge. And I just, I I can't play it. It's just too much going on for me. I will I, watch I other care. people play it, but me, I can't. I accidentally kind of found my cheat code as an ADHD human playing Smash. Oh, yeah? I, I main Mr. Game & Watch. Because... <laughs> You are never trying to win with Mr. Game and Watch. You are trying to sow eternal chaos. I will stand on this ledge and throw bacon at you, my good man. You shall have bacon. And if you approach, you shall have the hammer. That that can be uh, Eternal Backlog's first debut album is Eternal Punishment Game and Watch. Etern- yeah. And you know what? He's monochromatic, so I can always find him. Like, I'm not going to mix him up smart. with anybody. Yeah. I, I originally picked him out of just sheer trolling of my friends back in the GameCube days. But, like, I, you know those times you make choices, you go, oh, this is just stupid. And you go, that yeah. was accidentally really smart shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, no, I hope people don't so expect smart. more out of me. <laughs> I might do it then just to, like, because I feel like in those games, whenever we play with, like, a bunch of people, I'm just trying my best not to get killed. So right. I'm just hiding like the whole time or like climbing to like the highest point. And like <laughs> Matt and Sinna and Natasha will be like, let's go after her together. And I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> I have to tell you my wife's strategy for okay. Smash Brothers. She mains Kirby. She has nice. mained Kirby since the N64 days. And she has two strategies. <laughs> Eat you. And hit you with your stuff just whenever you get close and fly overhead and s- stone drop. Just And if there's enough people going on, like, she has the most predictable strategy. And it's so annoying how effective it is. I yep. know exactly what this woman is going to do. And she hits me with the rocks so many times. She hits people who are good at the game. I'm not good at the game. I'm just here to, I'm just, I'm just here, to, here to have a good your, time. Yeah. I'm here to have a good time. And I'm feeling so stoned right now. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to throw bacon at people. Yeah. It's like the pl- classic uh, Pikachu thunder strategy where they just sit underneath something and just keep bringing down thunder. Oh and my God. Exactly. And I you're like, stop cheesing it. Learn to avoid it. I need to learn these cheater things because I'm just <laughs> running around scared the whole time. Yeah. It's a party game. Learn a couple of cheese tactics and have a good time. You're not there to exactly. win. You're there to cause some chaos. That's always trying to get me to play. And I'm always like, nah. And hey, if it ain't ain't your thing, it ain't your thing. That's just what's worked for me. I'm going to try it. 
Nice. I think I think Dee's promise of Smash Bros is a great way to end this. But before we go, Jeff, thank you so so much yeah! for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. It was so much fun talking to you. Oh my god, this was such a joy, Matt. Dad, thank you so much for having me. This no! has been this has been <laughs> such a joy. Thank you. You are welcome back anytime, anytime. in the future. Please come hang out with us. But before we go, hit us with your plugs. Where can people find you? I am mostly uh, to be found on Twitter at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F makes noise. I am not going to give a definitive schedule as to when I am going to start Twitch streaming again. Part of my hiatus uh, in general was I I was regularly streaming and I'm going to get back into it. I usually play uh, PS1 games because it's my favorite system and people need to know some of the stupid games that are there. Uh, I try to stream indie PC games where I can show off the smaller studios because that's where a lot of great ideas and future of gaming comes from. And probably the first thing that's going to come back for me is Friday Fantasy, where I am sequentially playing through as much of the Final Fantasy series as I can. I am somewhere in, in the middle of Final Fantasy 2. I didn't get far, but I'm making my way. Final <laughs> and Fantasy actually, is my shit. So. Yep. And actually, I think this is a good good place to... You're a good group to say this to. I realized that the Vita is the only system, or the, it's the system that has the strongest through line of Final Fantasy. Through PS1 classics, PSP games, whatever, you can play PS, you can play Final Fantasy 1 through Final Fantasy 10-2 on the Vita and no other system. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a weird discovery for me, and I'm like, all right, I gotta. Um, uh, the whole Friday Fantasy thing started because I was drawing attention to that. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and it I went from there. That. The Vita is JRPG haven. There's oh, so much. It's gold. I but need yeah, to, no. Like, play mine. Right. I, I've I've been now that I'm like riding the subway again to go to like uh, acapella rehearsal to go to things like that. It's that's been my go-to. It fits in the pocket a little easier than the Switch. And yeah, any uh, any projects that I'm working on, stuff coming out, I'm gonna post about it on Twitter first. So it's a good place to find what I'm up to. Perfect. And we'll have the link in the description below. Jeff, thank you once again. It was an absolute pleasure and I cannot wait to talk to you again in the future. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. (laughs) Destiny? Yeah. I'll see you next week. Yeah. No, you'll see me tomorrow. I know, but for the viewers. Oh, for the viewers, we'll see each other next week. Yeah. Peace out. Or where are you out with the sandwiches? Oh my god, people are dying to hear about my. Update. I'm dying to hear about it. <laughs> so that, that's at least one.